Blog Talk Radio. In a country barreling towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Well, welcome everyone to the last 100 Days podcast. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020. We are at day 71 and counting until election 2020 on November 3rd. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton, and joining me in just a couple of seconds is my co-host every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Mr. Michael Vega. Today's the start of the Republican National Convention, and then the next big event after that will be the debate. On September 29th, Michael, how you doing? How was your weekend? I'm good. I'm good. It was a, a great weekend. Um, yeah, I had a little birthday party for a friend of mine, which meant just me and and her here. You know, doing the doing the right thing, the social distancing thing, etc. Um, right. It's funny here in LA. Here in LA, looking at social media this weekend, I was saying to a friend, um, "Did the pandemic end and nobody told me?" Because there were just people everywhere just frolicking, not social distancing, and not wearing masks. And I thought, really? Am I making this up? Yeah, I mean, I know we're seeing a a little bit of a decline, but people, come on, (laughs) keep it up for a little bit more. But anyway, it was was fun uh, nonetheless. Yeah. I saw last week one of the bars right around the corner from yours, Saddles, is gone for good, huh? The second bar that's gone down in this thing. Yeah, I mean, that that uh, that has to do with, uh, you know, landlord issues. Uh, right. You know, apparently, landlord's not willing to work with certain people. Um, I, I'm fortunate to work in a place that we own the building. Well, we not not me, of course, but <laughs> the owner of the business also owns the building. So, you know, he basically pays himself rent. So there's, thankfully, I mean, nice. I feel really terrible for any employees losing their jobs. Um, and I'm very thankful that, you know, we still don't have a date yet, but uh, that we still will be opening because, you know, he doesn't have to deal with with uh, negotiating right. with uh, greedy landlords. Uh, fortunately now, I'm surprised for the business, why are you guys – why are you guys not open in like Rocco's and uh, the Abbey Arc? Because you guys have that big patio out there. You guys can pick quite a few people out there, I would say. Oh, uh, not really. At least some not people. really. Uh, our patio, our patio is very, very modest. We, uh, 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 you know, yeah, we can pack them in on a busy night, but given the parameters of social distancing, honestly, not that many tables could fit out there. Um, mm. The other thing is, you know, it has it correlates with food service. And while we do have a professional kitchen, and you know, when we were open, we threw out things like chicken strips and and fries and what have you. It's just not worth it for him to open under those restrictions. And um, okay, the, the amount of given the space we have and the fact that we're not a full-on restaurant, um, it, it, it would be it would probably cost more for us to open the doors. You know, it, it literally, Scott, it costs about a four to five thousand dollars just to open the door. That's with no customers. That's with no employees. That's that's just 
you know, insurances and, and power and all of that. So, right. you know, it's just, it, I'm, I'm thankful because, you know, if he reopens and we all get kicked off unemployment to go back and make very little money. Um, and, you know, the restrictions here with, I mean, bars are not allowed to be open. So we would have to really stretch it into restaurant territory, meaning he would have to sort of restructure our entire business model to be, you know, restaurant first and foremost to, to right. open. So that's gotcha. pretty much okay. All right. Well, very, that's very my, cool. <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I like it. I agree. All right. Well, let's get back to politics. We had a nice weekend off. It was a beautiful weekend here in Northeast Ohio. I went to the lake for a little bit, and that was always a nice little drive down there. We talked about last week, and I went back again this weekend. So it was a good time, but we have a convention starting again tonight. Woo to the who, Uh huh? Do we have a convention? I mean, <laughs> when you consider, I mean, look at the line, the, the key speakers of the lineup, you know, you have six of them out of 12 share the last name of, of the president. <laughs> I mean, are we swimming in North Korean waters now? You know, we're, you know yeah. here's, here's, here's the RNC. It's just the Trump family. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think it's hilarious that they have so many Trumps on the ticket. And he was already on it once earlier today in Charlotte, which I like. I mean, I have to say I I did say that I didn't like that Biden did not go to Wisconsin. I like that Trump went to um, Charlotte where it was supposed to be. I think that's a smart political move. And I think it was a silly political move on Biden's part. But um I think that they I think there's gonna be Trump overkill, especially if he goes on like he did today. He did forty five minutes there and supposedly this was supposed to be their entire three day weekend they were talking about how the Democrat Party was so dark and how they hate America. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a revitalizing and how America's great. And he riffed for forty five uh, minutes uh-huh. today about how terrible everything is. <laughs> about how uh how, how we're going to tear the country apart if Biden wins, that things are going to get plunged into dark and despair. I think if he does um, that every time, twice a day for four days a week, it's going to get a little old, a little quick, I would hope. We'll see what happens. Well, have you have you read, I, I printed out here the, uh, the release from the RNC about uh, the Republican Party platform. This is from them. This is you know, from the RNC. I don't know if you've read it yet, but I, I'll give you a couple of nuggets. Um, Please says, do. Uh, the media. Okay. It says, uh, whereas uh, the media has outrageously misrepresented the implications of the RNC not adopting a new platform in 2020 and continues to engage in misleading advocacy for the failed policies of the Obama Biden administration rather than providing the public with unbiased reporting of facts. And the RNC enthusiastically supports President Trump and continues to reject the policy positions of the Obama, again, Obama, Biden administration, as well as those espoused by the Democratic National Committee today. Therefore, (laughs) the Republican Party has and will continue to enthusiastically support the president's America First agenda. Resolved that the 2020 Republican National Convention will adjourn without adopting a new platform until the 2024 
Republican National Convention. So basically they're saying we're, uh, no policy. We're just going to fawn over everything Trump has done or will do. That, that's what this – this will be four days of that. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, doesn't that scare don't the they start out with the whole thing saying that the, the Democrats are complaining they don't have a national, con, a national platform, and they're saying, well, actually, we're not going to do a national platform for four years. So I guess the Democrats were right on it or something. You're kind of admitting <laughs> that right in your beginning of your statement, which is funny to me. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be the party of Trump and continue to be the party of Trump for another four years if, God forbid, they win this election. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's terrifying to me to read that, uh, you know, and have a party say, well, we're not really going to discuss any issues that have anything to do with the people we govern. We're just going to praise anything and everything Trump. That, you know, even even if it was Obama, even if if I read this and they were plugging in Obama in there, I would still think, well, that's pretty freaking creepy. That's not the way this is supposed to be done. That's, you know, this is just fawning over. It's it it scares the bejesus out of me. Right. Well, you just got to listen to what they're saying. They're saying we're not going to change anything for four more years. We like the way it's going. That means they approve on trying to dismantle health care and try to do mm-hmm. uh, without any kind of replacement for it. It means they approve of no transgender in the military. It means they approve on writing a brief against getting equal workplace for LGBT in the, in the workplace. And it means they approve of getting all these activist judges with only 51 votes and not having to worry to break the filibuster. It means all these policies they adopted and went under Trump is perfectly fine for them for four more years of this bullshit and that mm-hmm. they can go ahead and do whatever they want. It's very scary. Absolutely. I mean, what's more representative of that than having the, the RNC at the White House? Right. You know, and, exactly. Uh, which you know, I don't think I haven't read anything about it being legal or, or illegal. With you know, which is all fine and dandy, but you know, to use as a political venue. I mean, what about just understood protocol? You know, you know the the, the just things that are respectful and you know things that you know everybody does just because this is this is the way it should be done. You know. Well, and it's just so yeah. tacky. I mean, you look at some of the pictures now of, of the big Klieg lights, and they're trying to turn the Rose Garden of the White House into a freaking Studio 54 with all the light things they're putting on there and the overhangs and all this stuff. They're just ugly in the people's house up for a Republican convention. The White House is for all the yeah. people, not just for whoever's exactly. in at the time. And they're just destroying exactly. the Rose Garden. To put up all these scaffolding and everything for this event. Another statement, uh, we just do whatever we want. Forget history, forget tradition. You know, how many first ladies, doesn't matter what party, have have contributed to that garden? And I know some people out there are probably, well, it's just a garden. Well, you know, it's a garden that means a lot to a lot of people, you know, and it does mean a sense of of history and, and, you know, some sort of uh, camaraderie between party, you know, if if I could stretch it that far, but it's just another blatant, we could just do whatever the hell we want. 
know, right. forget what anybody thinks or says, or you know, this is this is our house, not the people's. Well, they're doing it left, right, and center. I mean, they got Pompeo going on a State Department visit to Israel, doing a supporting speech taped in Israel for the RNC. First off, no Secretary of State has ever done a convention for either party, so it's just unheard of. Secondly, they've never done it in Israel, in another country, touting the policies of the current president doing this in there. So he's going to be touting pro-Israeli policies from Israel as the Secretary of State on a political platform. So it's like they're just breaking norms left, right, and center. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, people are just they're... letting them get away with it. I mean, they're not letting them get away with it. There's nothing they can do to really stop it, I guess. But it's well, just... exactly. Yeah. Either you can't stop it or you're complicit or you don't care or... You know, I'm finding there's a whole other contingent of people that just they just want to be led. <laughs> you know, they they're, they're right. so over it all that you know they've just you know don't, don't just don't want to deal. You know, they just they just exactly. want to be told, oh, this is the way it is. Make it all good. I don't want to deal with politics. You know, I mean, we normally call those sheep, but for lack of a better there word, there you go. If anyone's listening out there wants to call in, we'll go ahead and take your comments on air, 347-989-0126. Again, you can call us at 347-989-0126. They are not going into this convention without some other issues they have to deal with. Uh, we have the president's own sister calling <laughs> calling him out about 12 different ways from Sunday in a secretly taped record, recorded session what do you think about that whole situation? I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's great to hear, but I just don't think I, I don't think it's going to be effective in any way. You know, I, I think it's Teflon. Yeah. When it comes, I think when you're it, right. I think we to, talked uh, about that for the last couple of weeks. That everyone's yeah, because, so baked uh, in on this type of point, it's hard to move the needle anywhere. But we'll, we'll yeah, see. Absolutely. Maybe some independent voters. You know, people think it's just – well, people who are pro-Trump think, oh, it, you know, they're just trying to bash him. They just don't like him. You know, yeah, it's going to be swept under that, sister, that His rug. older sister who's a freaking federal judge. I mean, you think they got to put Ooh. some weight behind some of these things eventually. But it's like oh, no, if they, you're not going to yeah. listen to the, the person's own flesh and blood uh, that helped raise the kid – that uh, is a is a federal judge out there on her own merits. I mean, that's just to me. If it doesn't sway at least a couple of swing votes, it's like there's just no chance we're ever gonna. Everyone's so baked in the cake right now that nothing's gonna change. Mm-hmm. But it's just Speaking interesting. Of swing I mean, votes. It goes from, go ahead. What's no, no, no. Vote? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna go into something else, but continue with uh with with the sister. No, that's it. I mean, I, I just thought it was interesting that, that she's calling him out on everything, being a liar, being a hypocrite. She's saying she knows the person that took this guy's SATs for him. I mean, there's just a lot of baloney. That stuff I don't care about. It's up to the presidency, but still, it's just yeah. just to have that come out from your own flesh and blood is bad. Oh, that's absolutely. Go ahead. I hope I, yeah, and like you said, I hope it does sink in. Uh, apparently on Sunday, a uh, federal judge placed a hold on his campaign uh it's a lawsuit they're seeking uh to prevent pennsylvania from collecting mail-in ballots from drop boxes 
And so a federal judge. I saw judge, they were uh, suing PA but, for something. I didn't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, because they are their claim, of course, once again, is that it would enable voter fraud. But of course, they failed to prevent uh, to present any evidence. Right. No, yeah. they're just trying to stop he, mail-in voting. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to stop mail-in voting, so they're suing all these states to try to stop it, just hoping that they might get a sympathetic judge somewhere. Just try yeah. it, and then they're going to use the seeds of doubt afterwards. Well, we tried to get them to stop it, so it's going to be rigged if we don't win it our way, obviously. So they're just tr- they're just mm-hmm. looking for excuses now. They don't care either way whether they win or not. And he only won Pennsylvania by uh, 45,000 votes, so – Right, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, not much of anything at all. No. Yeah, so that was interesting. Then, uh, what's the new thing that's happening today is they're trying to get Eric Trump to testify on this uh, whole, I don't know if it's something about the Attorney General of New York is trying to get something on him. I don't even know what that is. Like I said, it's all such distractions now. I just wish they would. This I think he's trying to force him to re- respond to subpoenas uh, over a fraud right. investigation. Um, yeah, <laughs> trying to get them to respond to a subpoena. Like I, you know, I've been on this planet a few years as an adult, and I, I always imagined getting a subpoena and thinking, "Well, there's no out of this." <laughs> I, right. I, I mean, any one of us normal up. folks would see a sheriff pull up and. Let us give you a ride to the courthouse. <laughs> you choose whether it's going to be in handcuffs or not, right? So yeah, I would. Yeah, kind of I, um, I would soil my pants. Exactly. But I mean, it's it's Eric Trump, so he probably enjoys that. Oh, too far, Mike. <laughs> too far. <laughs> but, uh, well, a couple other interesting happen? things that happened over the weekend. I want to talk about. We had. Uh, Something's happening at home here because we have Kellyanne Conway quitting the um, White House as of the end of August, which is next uh, with this coming Monday. But you also have her husband, George Conway, that's been a very vocal critic of the president and one of the founders of the Lincoln Project that's just giving scathing videos and anti-Trump things against this. And he is stepping down from the Lincoln Project. So they're both stepping down from their work to uh, spend time with their kids at home. I guess their kids are not going to school. They're doing remote learning for the first couple months. But I think they yeah. have well, a trouble paradise in the marriage as well. It's their interesting they're both quitting their jobs. Their 15-year-old, Claudia, apparently is seeking emancipation from the parents. So really? That, that could be it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a big part of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you had any insight because I knew you knew about the daughter, and it's just I can understand if if it's about the kids staying home from school that one parent mm-hmm. or the other would quit a project. Maybe Kellyanne would quit the White House, or he would quit the Lincoln Project. But for them both mm-hmm. to quit at the same time to go home, something big's brewing at home. So it sounds yeah. like this emancipation project was probably it. I didn't know about that. So uh, yeah, yeah. something I mean, big was brewing. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's even bigger than that. I'm sure that that's like you know a, a key thing. You know, when your kid wants to wants nothing to do with the parents, but you know, right. I imagine it's probably uh, there. There are a lot of cracks that we we don't see. But you know, I don't. 
I don't wish them well, well they've Bill been, to stop lying. They've been so woman. vocally on each side of the fence. I mean, she is so pro-Trump and he is so anti-Trump that that's got to put a strain. I don't know how, unless you're totally faking it, which a lot of people can, just like they say this stuff just I, for the cameras and don't believe a word of what they're saying. So it's very true um, that one or both of them is just saying the words to get views and stuff like that and don't believe a thing they're saying. But I don't know how oh, you can uh, go home every night and have dinner over the dinner table knowing how opposite sides of the fence you are on these things. Oh, absolutely. And I've said this before, you know, when, when Kelly Ann was in the top uh, you know, press secretary and, and, and even the new one, I forget her name. I don't even want to say it. Um, you know, it, it, it does not absolve you uh, from responsibility for the things that you're lying about and saying, but what I will say is they're doing their job, <laughs> you know, and they're doing their job well. And it's, it's disgusting to me. It's gross. You know, I would, I couldn't imagine taking a job where I had to lie and hurt people uh, on, on such right. a, a wide scale for a living. But part of me that says, Oh, they're just doing their, the, what they're being paid to do. Right. You know? And again, out there, anybody listening, that's not an, an excuse. That's just, you know, that's just a, a fact. You know, they are being right. paid. They are being paid to defend the president. And Michael Steele, the former Republican, the chairman of the national Republican national committee, um, the black mm-hmm. guy that's on MSNBC a lot. He is actually taking over George Conway's spot on the Lincoln project. So he's becoming pretty prominent in there as well. And he's been, he's been asking the president for quite a while. And now he's joining this Lincoln project. I think it also is interesting. They're having an alt GOP convention as well, where a lot of the never Trumpers and stuff are having their own GOP convention. People like, um, FBI director Comey and, uh, a lot of people that are that were that left the Trump administration or people that think these guys are a little nuts. There was an article today that they had twenty how many was it? Two dozen former Republican lawmakers announced Monday they're endorsing Joe Biden for president. Um, the biggest high profile ones were Senator Jeff Flake of mm-hmm. Arizona, Rep. Charlie Dent mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. Um, also. Senate, uh, who else here? Senate uh, Gordon Humphrey of New Hampshire, John Warner of Virginia, Steve Bartlett of Pennsylvania, Bill Klinger of Missouri, Tom Coleman of Hawaii, Charles Jew of Oklahoma, Mickey Edwards of Maryland, Wayne Gilchrist of Pennsylvania, Jim Greenwood of South Carolina, Bob Inglis of Arizona, Jim Colby of California, Dale from Illinois, Ray LaHood from Iowa, Jim Leach from New York, Susan Molinari from Maryland, Connie Morelli from Mississippi, Mike Parker from New York, Jack Quinn from Rhode Island, Claudine Schneider from Connecticut, Christopher Hayes from Vermont, Peter Smith of Texas, Alan Steelman from New York, Jim Walsh from Virginia, Bill Whitehurst of New Jersey, and Dick Zimmer from somewhere that cut off on my typing. That's a lot of actually Republican states in there of people uh-huh. um, endorsing Joe Biden. That's a pretty interesting thing that they're put out today. 
So other voters, I just don't understand how a, a Trump voter. I mean, not somebody who's you know entrenched in in the campaign or entrenched in his uh, you know the the top tier right. of the cult. But yeah, but how does a, a normal uh, a regular voter see that? See you know, all of these right. people jumping ship and not think uh, maybe there's some truth in the things I've rather seen or heard. You know exactly how, I right. Just, I how. Are those blinders on so tight to your head that you can't even entertain the 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 idea that okay maybe maybe I'm wrong about this maybe I should reevaluate where where I sit in this it, it, it's confounding to me right no I don't understand it whatsoever but we'll see we'll see what happens I mean a lot of a lot of prominent Republicans, I'm sure, I'm interested to see what Democrats, they're supposedly going to run out some Democrats over these couple of days if the Republican will be, they can't even get a former president there. So it'll be interesting to see what Democrats they pull from. But uh, that will be very, very interesting. We have a former Walmart reader that was a Democrat for years and got mad that someone called him a Walmart Republican, and now he's talking at the convention. I don't know. Tonight is those... <laughs> Two gun people that pulled gun on everyone walking through their gated community or whatever. So that would be interesting to see what they say tonight. Uh, it's going to be interesting stuff. We'll see. I'm going to watch parts of it, I think. I don't have my show oh, yeah. tonight. Um, I have other stuff I'm working on, but I, uh, I'll i be watching bits and pieces of it. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. We'll, we'll come back to convention things in a bit, but mm-hmm. I want to go off topic a little bit and go Black Lives Matter for a bit, if you don't mind. Oh, we absolutely. have a big high-profile shooting last night in Wisconsin, plus a big high-profile thing that affects the LGBT community. Let's start with the Wisconsin thing first, because I'm sure this is going to be brought up. I mean, they're framing this convention as the law and order presidency, and he's going to mm-hmm. their biggest um, – we talked about Friday, their biggest kind of uh, criticisms of the Democrat was not denouncing any of these riots or anything going on throughout the states and things that are happening. And one of the things Republicans are going to try to bring up is the law and order and um, some Black Lives Matter things. So what's going on? What have you heard about this Wisconsin shooting over the weekend? Okay, um, I, I I have the video. It's it, it, it's horrifying. I'm getting chills just thinking about having seen it. Um, the, the the details I got, you know, this gentleman was breaking up a fight. Police came. There's confusion as to who was who. Uh, the man was unarmed. He's returning to his car. You know, they have guns drawn on him. Um, and in his car are his sons. So he's just simply going into, you know, into the car. I don't know if to reassure them or, or what the purpose was. But the cop behind him is, you know, holding onto his T-shirt. And as he's in the car, shoots him seven times in the back. Now, there right. are other cops around him with, with guns drawn. Um, shoots an unarmed man right in the back in front of you know, well, right in front of his kids there. But here's the thing we, we have to get through to people is police are not supposed to kill people even if they did something wrong. And I don't care what suck. Oops, sorry. I don't care what damn color you are. I don't care what persuasion you are. They're not supposed to kill. That's what the law is for. That's what right. a trial is for. That's what the Constitution guarantees us. You do not. I don't care. The man did nothing wrong. 
Let, let's just put that out there. Absolutely nothing wrong. He was actually doing something right. So apparently you can't do a good deed while black either. So even if he did something wrong, even if he was out there, say, beating somebody, beating somebody shitless, cops don't kill somebody for doing something wrong. They arrest them. You know, you, you may have to shoot in, in, in self-defense or et cetera, et cetera. But no. This idea that, oh, well, you know, the, the, the perp or whatever should have done this. They should have complied. I'm sure there are going to be people out there going to say, well, you know, he shouldn't have kept walking towards the car. He should have gotten down. No, he had done nothing wrong. And you have, you know, several police with guns drawn on him seven times in the back. How many times do you have to shoot somebody in the back before they're down? I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd go down on one bullet. And there are people around right. him, around the cops, like trying to tell them, you know, what the hell's going on to stop. And, and you know, they got it all wrong. And, okay, <laughs> rant over before my uh, bane explodes in my head. Well, I, I'm glad you said it, though, because I'm going to give the unpopular counterpoint now, part of what you just said. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm trying – I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this because I'm, I'm not – I first I agree with everything you said. No one should die. But the only thing I did, I watched the same video and I watched it three times. And unfortunately, there's not enough sound till the end. The thing that I don't like about it in the political climate, in the charged climate that we have right now, knowing what's going on between police and um, people from the black community. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it was probably being recorded or people were around, I don't understand why the person did not stop. Because the th- the way that I look at it and I go to it from a very neutral standpoint is they oh. had their guns drawn on him when he was on the front of the car on the sidewalk there. They were drawn on him walking all the way around. How do you know, I mean, and this guy was, I, I will give the guy at his word that he was doing everything right, um, for my, but as a police officer, if you don't know what's going on, and someone's walking around to his car, how do we know he's not going around to grab a gun out of inside the front of the car? You can't let someone go into their car like that. I don't, okay, I would have stopped him. He should not have been shot, period. But I would have thrown him to the ground probably before he got a chance to open that door because how do you know what's in that door white black brown whatever you happen to be if you have guns pulled on you before you start right you stop walking and you have everyone around you as your witnesses to stop to 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 show that this is nothing should be happening to you right but if you're going to keep walking around with guns drawn on you and open your door in front of everybody to what nobody knows is in that car. I'm kind of saying that the guy did something stupid. Asked for it? He doesn't be shot. So huh? basically, what you're saying is that he asked for it. No, that is exactly no, what you're saying. I'm, he asked well, for it by I'm, not complying. I'm not saying yes, he has to be shot. I'm I'm saying he he did he should have stopped. Yeah, I'm I'm okay, not so saying yeah, he, asked he asked for it by not stopping. That's this action was a result of this action. 
So you're saying if right. he had not performed that action, this other action wouldn't have happened. Therefore, you're saying he got what he asked for by not complying to the action you said first. Now, I absolutely agree with you with, okay, there's all this stuff going on and we should know. My first point being we don't go into situations like that high-energy situations as regular people with all of these, you know, oh, well, politically, this is where everything, you know, stands. And I should right, know better. Right. So you're saying that this person should have had the, the, the fortitude, should have had the, the peace of mind, the sense of mind, the sense of action to do the right thing. But people with guns trained, barely trained, could not over, you know, somebody does it in action. They all have guns run. They are trained to, right. they are supposed to be trained not to resort to a kill shot. There right. are so many ways, no matter what was, if he had a freaking rifle. That's the part I don't, door, that, I mean, that's, I don't think should have happened. I don't think he should have been, I don't think he ever should have made it to the door handle to get shot because he should never have been shot. You know, when, but white, like I said, seven I times a black that. person or a white person, if you're not, when when is it okay not to follow the directions of an officer? That's what people are arguing, and I kind of agree with. I, as long as you are not doing anything that could be misconstrued, if you're just Again. sitting there, I mean, we've had people, we've had black people just sitting in their car getting shot, um, which is absolutely horrible, right? And I don't think that they should have shot him in the car. Um, I don't think I they should period. No, I mean, but they should. I don't think they should have let him get to the door handle, period. They shouldn't have shot him before he got there. They should have stopped him Absolutely. and put him on the ground. Exactly. So but how could three – I don't think I, they I should saw, have been able to – I saw three cops They shouldn't have allowed him to get how to the door three, handle. How do three cops with guns who are trained fighters in, in combat – they let him get to the door. No, to give him a right. reason to shoot him. I'm sorry, because your three trained right. cops with guns, should he have complied? Bullshit. If you're saying they should have stopped him, yeah, they could have kicked his ass right there. They have batons. They have tasers. They could have taken him down before he even got to right. the door very easily without violence. They were trying to condone the violence, Scott. They are trained physical fighters, like many a cop. Yeah, in my I can family. give that. I, I'll, I'll grant that as a possibility. I'll grant that as a definite possibility. I'm just it's saying because I, I agree, it should have been huh. it should have been stopped before he ever got to the door handle. So we're right back to you know, again, if that was a white man, that would never have happened. They would have bought him McDonald's afterwards. So, yes, this is a very much – I would hope not. I mean, if it was a white man, sense. too, uh, same thing. You should still tack them to the ground no matter who it was doing that um, oh. to, get, to get around before there. So uh, is, <laughs> anyway. is there a racial bias that went into it that let him get that far? That's extremely possible. I will give that. Um, if it's a bad cop, I can see that happening all day long. Um, I'm just saying that you... my only point was why did the guy not stop? Because that's the only question what was going on in his head during that situation, Scott. If, if you if you think that you know, given a stressful situation, that you have the wherewithal to uh, you know figure out the exact course of action you should take, then you're a better man than most of us. Because if I am unarmed I mean, and I see three cops, and I know three cops have a gun trained on me, 
that's well, more to be that a no-brainer that I'm to stop, right? There's more Isn't that, that a no-brainer, Scott? There's more to that situation than there's three cops with guns. That that's not the situation. That's not how what occurred. And I'm not saying that we are fully aware of what occurred, but there were events that led up to three cops with a gun on him. So I'm saying right. is whatever that situation might be, put him in a, 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 a who who knows. I mean, I saw a woman faint in front of me once, and I got so panicked, I did not know to, like, oh, if she's okay, uh, call somebody. I stood there frozen, and all I had seen was a woman's eyes roll back in her head and fall over. I, right. as, as strong of a mind I am, I have, I sat there confused for moments. Like, my mind went to, what the fuck? It went to fight or flight, and that's a, that's that's... Completely natural. And as a cop, you should know that. You know, I needed to take – I took three courses in psychology to be a theater major. These retards with guns should have to do the same. Right. No, exactly. I agree. It's 100%. Like I said, I, I don't know – I'm not saying it's a popular opinion. I'm just saying that – and no matter what, no one should be shot in the back, period. But I'm just saying if it was a white person, a black person, or a brown person, whatever, any kind of person that had was told to stop should have stopped beforehand. And they sure, should have taken him down way before he had a chance. They should have stopped him way before he had a chance to get to his front door. So it was wrong on all on everybody's side. Speaking of it in their, those terms, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to shit on you, but it, it just, it's the changing of the narrative. It's, it's not that there is specifically a, a, a police targeting violence towards uh, black lives. It's, well, you know, there are these other variables, you know, they, they should comply, but it's a misdirection of the narrative. And, you know, I'm not saying you're doing it purposefully, but that that's you know what it sounds like. Well, no, and I and I I'm all for that that there is police problem with Black Lives Matter. I'm I'm 100 percent for that. This this has and I'm not trying to change that narrative whatsoever. I'm just trying to add to the discussion that I think anybody needs to we need to find a way get back to complying or to find a way to stop things before they get to a violence. So please need to stop this before it has a chance to get to any... Police, hmm? it doesn't matter. Does compliance matter? Rihanna Taylor was sleeping in her own home. And we still haven't, we even know who shot her. And, and there's right. still no justice to that. So compliance means shit, Scott. It means shit. You could be sleeping in your own home having done nothing so, so, I'm sorry. Screw that narrative. Well, I, I'm sorry. That, that, though, was totally wrong bullshit on all sides, though, right? That, not on all sides, on the police's side. But it's all in That was of the totally wrong problem. thing happened. She, it's all she did absolutely, the same thing. It is, but yes. it's not. It is, I mean, I understand, I'm trying. To, this is killing me here. I understand. I agree with uh, you a hundred percent, but I. But they're also. She didn't have a chance to non-comply, right? She didn't have a chance to comply. She didn't know what was going on. These guys just rushed in and shot the place up, 
without paying attention to anything. They were in the wrong place, wrong time. They were totally in the wrong. This guy was probably told to stop five times while he had three guns trained on him and decided, and he, there was witnesses everywhere because there was people screaming, right? And decided, decided not to stop. He decided. So you're saying that he, should, he made a level-headed decision. He made a decision. He decided. He made a conscious, thought-out decision to not comply. Okay, so he, you're, you're holding him to a standard of, of making a decision in that moment to, to, to not comply. But you're not holding the cops to the standard of doing their, their jobs correctly. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm holding them both of that. I did not yeah. – like I said, I'm but holding the cop to the – they should have never – the decision? cop thing, they should have never let them got to the door, right? That's what I'm holding the cop to, their, to that thing where they should never let that get to a point where they where they got to where it did. They should have stopped him beforehand and just now, right? I, should I, they, what they, if he's totally innocent? Should they have stopped him? So you're saying they should I don't have gotten know. this? Well, like I said, we don't know oh. what the precursor was. If if I don't know what the precursor was. If it was – but okay. I'm just saying that if, if anyone told me to stop, I would hope in my – heart of hearts that if I knew I had three guns trained on me and told me to stop, I would not keep walking. I would hope I would well, have the support of mind to do that. Right? The reason we Don't you hope that? that? The, the reason we marched, Scott, is because you would not have three guns drawn on you. Right. And I, guar- I guarantee that because, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, because you're white. <laughs> I Probably. Mean, like I said, to... we don't know. Whether... Yeah. That That's a, that's a a true statement, 99% of it. I agree 100% on that. Um, but we, like I said, we don't know what the thing was, what the surrounding circumstances were. And uh, you're probably right. You're probably going to be proven right on that. Because I oh. think that does happen all the time. There's people, there are people drawn on that. There's black people, brown people drawn on all the time that never should have it happen. That if they were white, that would never happen. That part I agree with 8,000%. But I'm just saying each case is individual, right? Perhaps. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> All right. We'll <laughs> we're we're gonna go. we're gonna we're gonna drop Black Lives Matter as a conversation uh, during the show right now, please. Um, that's. Well, <laughs> let, let, me can, okay. let me carry it over to one other part. Let me let me carry it over to one other thing, because Absolutely. we do have in the LGBT community, we have. Randy Rainbow now, who's an excellent political discourse person with his parody songs and everything, mm-hmm. that is now getting in trouble for 10-year-old tweets that were comedy-based, according to him. What's our thoughts on that? Um, I believe him that they were comedy-based. I mean, yeah, that's that's another sort of thing where – did you make a conscious decision, you know, knowing uh, how incendiary uh, certain topics can be in the media, you would think that a professional would know better than to say something like that. Uh, do right. I believe they're, they, they are comedy? Sure. Were they in good taste? No. Do I believe he's, you know, an all out racist? I, I, I don't know him, uh, but I don't think so. Um, I mean, there there are things that I have posted on, you know, Facebook. If if somebody wanted to take the wrong way, 
and nothing racially charged, of course. I'm, I'm a man of color. I'm a gay man of color. So, you know, that, you know, some of the other things I delve into uh, could be misconstrued 10 years from now as, wow, that's really terrible. You're not, you know, a proponent of our community. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe them that they were, I'm just trying to joke. I did read a couple of the, the tweets. And, yeah, they read as jokes. I mean, they weren't very good, but they didn't read as, you know, say you go on conservative Twitter, right? And when you read somebody making a direct, uh, uh, you know, venomous comment, it's, it's very specific in tone and, and structure. You know, these you could tell that they were written in a way, uh, in a sort of comedic way. I, I believe them. They weren't very good, but, you know, I do believe them. But do we believe him because he was a comic or because he is LGBT or we, will we believe him any other situation? Same thing, bring it on a different uh, way. I, I, well, I mean, the only context I have of, of knowing his materials is his comedic material. So right. I, don't, I don't see anything that I've seen that he's posted in the past several years, past four years, I guess, you know, that's, when I got uh, familiar with him, you know, because he did the videos and music videos and what have right. you, um, nothing in that ever indicated that he uh, had it out for any particular community. So based on that, um, I wouldn't think that those things written then were meant as a, you know anything uh, spiteful towards the community. See what, right. I, see what I'm saying there? Like I no, know him in comedy, and I know that that's probably his intention. Um, it's not that he's the fact that he's gay means means absolutely nothing to me. Um, right. <laughs> uh, uh, no. So yeah, I I kind of I feel that kind of the exact same way. I think everything contextual context means a lot in all sorts of situations, and I agree a hundred percent that this contextual wise that. Can you evolve as a comedian? Definitely. Can I see someone starting out going, saying stupid stuff just to try to crack a joke and try to get people to laugh? Definitely. Um, and then you're evolving to your comedy to what it is now, and you're, you haven't said anything else since then, and your comedy is all yeah. skewering more political and everything? Definitely. Yeah. I think that, oh, that you have to look at what the context was, so. Yeah, I mean, there's certain certain insult comics, uh, you know, they who either, you know, that's what they do, or they light up like, say, somebody like Lisa Lampanelli. You know, she's an equal opportunity uh, uh, roaster, right? But even she, she, she's lightened up here and there, you know, but she still remains true to, no, I just, I just insult everybody, you know? So if you, if you heard Say you heard her stand up or she posted a joke and you didn't know her from Adam, you would probably think, oh, my God, what a horrible human being. Then contextually, right. like you said, you see all of her stand up. It's like, oh, my God, everybody's fair game here. <laughs> the gays, the blacks, the Asians, the whites, everybody. You know, three-legged people, four-legged people. And she insult <laughs> everybody. So, yeah, context does matter. Yes, it does. Unless, you unless you're trying to bring, unless you're trying to bring somebody down, then you know, forget contact. That that's your enemy. Right. Yeah. No. If you're just reading because the library's open, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. 
I gotcha. Okay. I just wonder. I thought those right. two things kind of had a little bit of overlap with them. Uh, yeah, what else? Absolutely. Anything else you got? I got a couple things. We have about uh, seven minutes left. Anything seven you want to hit on your hot button? Uh, seven minutes. Just, just a little uh, side note. Uh, Stephen Goss, uh, chief actuary of Social Security, sent letters to four senators uh, stating that the plan to eliminate payroll tax would, I mean, if he gets his way, would drain the Social Security in three years. Uh-huh. You know, they, this pay, this payroll tax that they've been after for you know how long, and this is the Social Security actuary saying, "Hey, yep, <laughs> it would bankrupt it." And that I didn't right. even, like it made sense to me, but then when I read three years, like wow, there goes mine. Yeah, not much, not much in there. God, that'd be horrible. Yeah, no, I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's a good point. I'm glad they're bringing that kind of stuff up because that's the whole thing with the post office, right? The post office thing, I talked about it last week, is the reason that they've been Mm -hmm. losing money is they've been told they had to fund their – they had 10 years to fund their retirement plan for 75 years in the future. And same thing with their health fund. So no Mm -hmm. wonder you're losing when you're prepaying these benefits for 75 years in 10 years' time, right? Um, it's a yeah. good thing to have so that you don't go broke on it, but it, you're going to go broke in the meantime if you're not making enough money on it. So, yeah, yeah I think exactly. it's always that robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of stuff, definitely. Well, that's a good one. Um, Joe Biden sat down recently uh, over this weekend and said that he would raise taxes on those earning over four hundred thousand dollars, want want to those people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm safe. I have no problem with that. I mean, I'm old enough that to remember the Clinton years when taxes were seventy percent on the rich, right? And we balanced the yeah. budget, and we had a, a surplus in the budget back then, mm-hmm. and people were still pretty rich. Clinton years. So I don't have a problem with people over four hundred thousand paying more in taxes. What about you? I I I all I am is fair share. Everybody pay the same. You know I I don't right. care if you're a, a a billionaire corporation owner or or <clears throat> excuse me or Joe Schmo living on the corner. You know the same percentage for everyone. You know, I, flat I, tax, I, flat tax, no loopholes, right? I like that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you know, is, is some write-offs make sense as with anyone, but everyone should have this, the same ability to write things off. You know, whether it's property or et cetera, et cetera. But no one should get away with, you know, tax the church for for Christ's sake. I mean, right, right, right there would feed the homeless, house them. Probably, you know, in luxury flats. Very, very true. I mean, I'm just all about equality. Everybody gets the same shot here. You know, this this American democracy experiment was was about, you know, we the people, and we the people should mean everyone, everyone here, plain and simple. Right. Equal equality across the board, unless unless you screw it up, you know, and 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 you know, start swimming in the pools of criminality, then no. But then we all get our fair share and our, you know, same shot. 
There you go. I like it. I've been for a flat tax for a long time. I like that idea a lot. So as you said, everyone gives a certain percentage what you can that makes it equal across the board, and that way you're paying that much without all these as long as equal loopholes and equal everything, so everyone pays a fair share. That's exactly the way I feel. Absolutely. All right, we'll end up tonight on Lindsey Graham. His uh, latest poll <laughs> is showing him tied with his uh, Democratic challenger. The Democratic challenger is earning just as much money, if not more money, than Lindsey. It's the first competitive race they've had in South Carolina in a long time. I want to know whatever happened to Miss Lindsay and why we didn't go pull Lindsay on him. I thought we were supposed to be outing him a while back. I don't know why that never happened. <laughs> right. Oh, Miss Lindsay, right? I mean, yeah. You, know, I, you say that, but it is not really a digression, but it's on that. This, this terms of, I don't remember uh, talk about elections being so much in terms of how much money one is earning over the other. But that's, that's pretty much you know, in, in the news, you know, constantly. Like, I just don't remember all your campaigns being, well, they're raising more money, therefore, you know, they're going to win. And, you know, this idea that it's all in terms of, I know it is in terms of money, but it's, it's, it's absurd to me how it's shifted. Like, policy means nothing. Who's going to do best for the people means nothing. It's well, who's earning the most money? Right. Who can buy the most ads? Or that's what we've tried to do campaign finance reform forever, and it won't get passed for both sides won't do it, Republicans or Democrats, because they want to raise this unlimited amount of money. And whatever they don't spend, that all of a sudden gets used on their different slush funds for whatever little projects they feel like working on. So they're all both sides are all about raising all this money. And the more money you have, the more attack ads you can run and everything. And it's just a vicious cycle that needs to be done and we need to get rid of campaign finance. There's got to be laws where everyone gets the same exact amount and you decide how you're going to use it, right? Because I just think it's ridiculous. It should be like an episode of Chopped. This is in your basket. Make the best of it. There you go. I like that. That's a good (laughs) analogy. You get XYZ period. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Miss Lindsay. I uh, I really yeah. like to see Lindsey Graham out. I think that he has uh, probably turned into the biggest flip flopper in Washington. He was a always conservative, always uh, very Republican, but he was always a smart Republican. And when he was with John McCain, they were kind of very mm. similar as far as what their beliefs were. But they would be flexible and work across the aisle. He is started out running for president and saying all these nasty things about Trump. And then uh, even after he dropped out of the race, kept saying nasty things about Trump brother. And then he's been kissing his ass ever since. And I hate that. That drives me up a tree when people do that. Oh, absolutely. I hope he gets out. Uh, All right. Well, that's it. it We've run out of time. We're going to wrap it up. We had our big heated discussion today. I like it. I like uh, talking about things that we're passionate about. So that's a good thing. Let's go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you, my friend. Follow you on social and all that Um, fun stuff. Either my my name, Michael Vega, Facebook, IMDb, things like that. uh, Michael Vega Act on Instagram, Twitter, and all that other stuff. Uh, Michael Vega underscore ACT. Great, and I am at Left of Straight, L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R, and the number eight. 
Normally, the leftist race will be immediately following this all week long, but we are taking the week off for our mid-season break. We've done over 100 episodes over the last six months. We're taking a week off, and we'll be doing another 100-plus on the other side for Season 5 here. Thanks, as always, Michael. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Hopefully, we can survive two days of the Republican convention. We'll see what happens. Uh, All the fingers crossed. All right, guys, we're going to play out to a little Billy Gilman soldier. You guys all be good soldiers out there and uh, vote blue in 2020. You're listening to Left to Straight Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, with my co-host, Brandon Carmody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Ciao. Lovers in battle. This tower, this tower of Babel, the sabers may rattle, but I'm only fighting for you. You're my obsession, my love, or my rival. This song is a lesson, these words are survival, and I'm never letting you go. I'ma keep fighting. Betraying, so baby, stop playing. Cause I won't be waving the white. If you're not gonna walk it, then baby, don't talk it. Your words are like bullets, but I'm wearing armor and I'm never letting you go. I'ma keep fighting. I'll be standing right here in the mess that we made Cause I'm never gonna, no I'm never gonna let you go Some battles are won and some battles are lost But you live with the pain cause there's always a cost But I'm never gonna, no I'm never gonna let you go Cause baby I'm a soldier, soldier Baby I'm a soldier, soldier Baby I'm a soldier I'm a keep fighting, fighting